Play ball! Hi, and welcome to this edition of the Sports Info Solutions Baseball Podcast. On today's show, we're joined by arguably the best player in the KBO, Mel Rojas Jr. Mel's hitting 370 with 17 home runs at the time of this taping. A couple of days will have passed uh, after uh, which we will air it. Uh, he also leads, and this is a comfortable lead, so we feel safe saying, he leads in our stat hard hit rate by a considerable margin. For those unaware, hard hit rate is the number of balls that you hit hard, and we have criteria for that, divided by the number of at-bats you have. And certainly the object just about every time you come up to hit the ball hard. If the name sounds familiar, it should. Mel's dad was a relief pitcher, a closer for the Expos and a few other teams in a 10-year career, finishing with 126 saves. Mel Jr.'s a big guy, 6'2", 225 pounds. This is his fourth season with the KT Wiz. Two years ago, he had 43 home runs and 114 RBIs. Let's start by talking about your uh, family. Uh, tell us about uh, what it was like to grow up in a baseball household between your dad and uh, your other relatives as well. First of all, thank you for having me. Uh, but it was great. It was a great experience at the moment. Like, it was pretty normal to me. Like, I didn't realize how cool it was until, I mean, I actually grew up. Well, until I was like 18, uh, 19, 20. And especially after I, I got drafted uh, that I signed, that's when I re- really realized that in a rap, but being surrounded by all those MLB players, especially like superstars like Sammy Sosa and Moises Salud, Pedro Martinez, it was it was pretty cool. So a lot of kids felt like, like I just to say it like that, they were like kind of like jealous and they were like, wow, your life is so cool. Like your family, your dad, blah, blah. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like at the moment, I thought it was just normal. But <laughs> now I realize that it's pretty cool being in, in a baseball family. No, it's in baseball stadiums. What was uh, what were some of the biggest lessons that you were taught? Your dad experienced a lot of successes, and at the end of the career, uh, end of his career, he kind of his numbers came down pretty considerably. Uh, what what did you learn from him, and what did you learn from uh, your family the Alus? I I learned a lot from him. I still do though. Uh, he he like everything. He calls me pretty much every night. If he doesn't call me, he messaged me. He's like, "Hey, good game," or whatever. Or if I didn't do well, he was like, "Hey." Just keep your head out of it. Like, he always give me advices. But um, when I was younger, one advice that um, the reason why I'm a hitter and I'm not a pitcher like him, it's because you know how a pitcher, like, if they hurt their arms, like, they're done. He always compared himself to Moises Alou, which he's, like, my family also. How Moises Alou dealt with so many injuries, but he still, like, he could play through it. But my dad, only one uh, injury took him out of baseball. So that's one. Well, obviously, first of all, I love hitting and I love <laughs> playing uh, on the field. But that's another reason why I decided to play, be a position player, not a pitcher. What has uh, this season in particular, and I know you've been in Korea now for a few years. What has this season been like for you? Uh, it's been great. The only two bad things is, like, my family can't be here. Uh, it's not here with me. They could, but they had to go. They have to go through the 14-day quarantine, but my wife doesn't really want to do it. I don't want her to do it because we have a eight eight-month-old baby. And also, I'm, we miss the fans. Like, it's, it's time for the fans to, to be there cheering for us because that's a big part of baseball here in Korea, the, the fans. Now, I had read, you had said this in another article, that you didn't know how, what it would be like to hit in silence. 
what is it like to try to hit in silence? I mean, at first, how I, I said this earlier uh, before, that my first two games uh, without fans, it was like in, in exhibition games, when we started exhibition games. And I hit two home runs right away, boom, boom. And then I'm like, I don't need no fans. Like, it's okay. I, like, I'm too locked in in the pitch, like, too focused. Like, it's, it's whatever. And then, like, I went a couple games 0 for 4 or whatever. And I, and I told the guys, I was like, I think I actually need the fans. Because once you uh, miss one or two at best, you're like, like, you need that extra support from the fans, like, them cheering out. Even if they're just booing you, like, you need that motivation. But... I was like, well, we need fans. I don't know how we're going to do it throughout the season. But I, I guess I kind of got used to it, like not having the fans. Apparently, the league is going to let the fans in next Friday. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's, that's, a, good, uh, that's a good thing, that they're going to be able to come in starting on Friday, July 3rd. Now, I've heard different things from hitters where they say that they can, when uh, you're in a major league stadium and there are 50,000 fans screaming in a really big at-bat in a playoff game, that the hitter's able to tune it out. But you're, you're saying that you need it. Is, is it that you need it for, like, is it like the comedian telling a joke and he needs to hear the laughter when it's done? Is it like, <laughs> is it like that kind of thing? Um, I mean, how I say, like, I'm actually really locked in on the pitcher when I'm hitting. I I mean, I don't care how full the stadium is. Like, I'm actually locked in during the at-bat. But it's like after you get the head or after, like, you're in the dugout. Like, it's just like that noise. I don't know. After you hit a home run, like, you want to you wanna hear the fa- – how do you say after a joke? Yeah, you want to hear the joke. applause. You want to hear yeah, the laughter. Exactly. All right, so 370 with all the home runs and – your batting average has pretty much held steady at that or been better than that uh, throughout the entire season. It, does the ball look bigger to you when you're in like that kind of zone? Um, not really. <laughs> uh, I've just, I've just made a, a few adjustments. Uh, I'm covering a lot better. The, I have better coverage of the home plate this year. So that's really helping me out a lot. Be <laughs> successful like with the inside pitch. Uh, fastball away, like breaking balls, like I'm really, I'm I'm doing a lot better to, uh, covering the plate. With with the Korean pitchers, are there um are there a lot of them that have that nasty slider, say, or or that really uh, special nasty slider? Not yeah. very many, but okay. they do have some nasty fork balls here. How do you get used to that? I've I've been I've been doing pretty good with the football or splitter. I I feel like it's the same thing to me. I feel like I've done I've done pretty good. Maybe because my dad that's the pitch my dad used to throw. And when I was younger, I was like, throw me the pitch you you throw, <laughs> the football and stuff. He'll obviously he'll he'll not throw me his best football, but like he'll just play with me around. And I feel I guess that's why I've never thought about this. I'm just saying this right now maybe that's the reason why i hit it so well but i don't know it's hard to explain how like what's a good approach against the football i, I guess you see the fastball up like focus on seeing the the ball up mm-hmm. up in the strike zone no not like up out of the strike zone. so you're able to track it very well 
Yes, yes. Yep. By the way, against the fork ball, at the time that we're doing the interview, uh, 17 at-bats ending with a fork ball, seven hits. That's pretty good. Three doubles. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the numbers right now. Seven for 17 against the, the, the fork ball. 385 against fastballs, 348 against curveballs, 348 against sliders, 310 against changeups. Basically, you hit everything. Um, <laughs> how, how has your um, how has your development as a hitter uh, unfolded as you've been in Korea for for these couple of years? Has someone like helped you in terms of coaching, uh, in terms of developing you as a hitter the last few years to be at the point where you could be this dominant uh, kind of hitter? Uh, yes, for sure. Uh, I mean, I've had some, uh, I've got some help from great uh, hitting coach. And also I got some advices from great players like Robinson Cano. Like I, I hit every year with him in the Dominican Republic. Obviously, uh, I've got some advices from David Ortiz. I remember when I was in the World Baseball Classic, he was there and he gave me some great advice. Um, but uh, I mean, those are the, well, especially Robinson Cano is the main guy. But then some hitting coaches have had Sandy Guerrero. I don't know if you heard his name before. Uh, D'Angelo Jimenez used to be a former uh, MLB player. He has helped me a lot. And this year I hit with a guy named Ricardo Sosa. He's like J.D. Martinez, Miguel Cabrera. Eugenio Suarez, a couple more guys. He's there. Uh, he they hit with him. He really gave me some drills that have helped me uh, be this successful this year. What kind of things? I, I was just reading a book about uh, like hitting instructors, like the one that you're talking about. What kind of things? Give me one thing that he likes to have you do. Um, he just gave me some uh, some drills to help me out with to have better coverage of the plate. And that's why Miguel Cabrera and J.D. Martinez, they're so good. Like, they they can hit 40 home runs, 30, 35 home runs, and still hit, like, high for average, like, for average, like 330, 320. Because they, they could cover the plate pretty well. And that's something I focus a lot. We're a, t- we're a company, we focus on the hard hit for offense, but our big thing is defense. And I'm curious what, uh, you've played uh, all three outfield positions, and I'm curious uh, what that experience has been like, particularly uh, in Korea. And I know that they certainly place a great amount of emphasis on, um, on defense in Korea and Japan. Uh, and I'm curious what it's been like to, to play the outfield uh, there. Um, I've done pretty well so far with my defense although last year it was it wasn't that good um i hurt my ankle so my range wasn't that good i couldn't like really bend to catch ground balls and stuff like it to me it was my worst year defensively but for the most part like my first i mean they don't, they probably don't see it like that but to myself for myself i feel like it was my worst year defensively but then this year, I feel I'm healthy and I'm doing a lot better. Um, my first two years, like, I had, like, gold glove caliber defense. So it's, it's been great to play defense here. Although, when I, I started in center field, it's kind of tough because you got to run around everywhere, and this is like a hitter's league. So you, you, you kind of get tired running around. But, I mean, it's fun. I love playing in the outfield. 
how much time do they spend on like where you should be positioned? With the minors and the majors, they have these cards now that the outfielders keep in their pockets. Yeah, that's 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 what we do. We have these cards that we keep in our pockets. I don't know how much time they spend doing that, but we have those cards. We just position wherever those cards say and and go from there. Like if the hitter is it's late that day or whatever, then we we try to make the adjustment or if he's pulling everything. It all depends on how the hitters hit. I like I. I mean, obviously, if they do that, it's because, I mean, we got to trust them. But I'm more of instinct. Like, I like seeing how the hitter looks that day, how, what kind of pitcher is pitching, and just go from there. Like, I kind of know where to position myself. But, uh, I mean, I trust those guys putting that hard work to position us. What has it been like uh, to deal with the translation factor uh, and the fact that you're in um, you're in South Korea and the language is different and the culture is different and all the different things around you uh, are different from what you're probably used to. Now you're in you're in year four, so I would I would think there's more of a comfort level with it now. But what is it like uh, trying to assimilate to that? At first, it's it, it can be frustrating. It's because. Uh, it's just here in Korea, it's just different. I'm sure in like all Asia, it's different. It's just different than than America. Um, it took me like a month to get adapted on the field, like to the umpires, like pitchers, mechanics, to get adapted to the time zones, especially. That was pretty hard. I mean, the culture is just different. This, I mean, it's not bad. I like it. I actually, I'm adapting. I love it here. But it's just different. I, I can see where uh, a lot of guys, they might struggle here. I mean, and I'm talking about baseball players, obviously. They can struggle because they it's hard for them to get used to it. I got it, – it, it was easier for me to get used to it because, I mean, I'm Dominican and I've, I've been pretty much playing everywhere. Like playing Dominican winter ball, Puerto Rico winter ball obviously United States and now Korea. So it was like easier for me to get to get adapted to other culture rather than uh, guys from the States. Like they, they haven't never like probably been out of the country and to come play baseball here in Korea, it, it can be a little harder for them. What's the best thing it. culturally? I don't know if I should say like that nobody is allowed to have guns here or if I should. <laughs> or well, the yeah, that's that's important here. That's it's it that's it's a completely different politics. Yes. And and I would presume you feel safe. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going that's where I was going to go. Like I feel safe walking at any time during the day and walking anywhere cuz uh, this country is so safe and I mean, it's it's great like being being like knowing that you're safe. It doesn't matter. Like you can for example, my wife, she goes to the games and she leaves her purse like in her seat, and she goes to the bathroom. She walks around, and nobody touches it. So, like, that's how safe it is here. Are, are you like a? I presume you're a big celebrity there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Okay, because because I was gonna say that in like in talking about that, them getting used to you. There aren't a lot of you know Dominican born people that are necessarily in South Korea and the connection, the connection on your end has been fairly smooth from, from what, what you're saying. 
Yeah, for sure. They have treated me uh, great here. I'm very thankful with them. Um, like coaches, staff, like players, all the fans, everybody have, have treated me well here. So, I mean, it's it's great. I guess because I've done well so far. The day I start struggling, then I don't know if they're going <laughs> to. Can they, well, can they, are they tough fans? Uh, no, not really. They And that's one thing I, I love. That's why I love the fans so much here because when I first got here, like I wasn't hitting home runs right away. So it took me time to get adapted. And like the fan, like I'll go over four, like three days in a row. And I'll be, I'll, I, I'm just waiting for them to start booing me and stuff and yell bad things at me. Cause I, I'm just used to that stuff from playing winter ball in Dominican. And it was totally the opposite. It was like, come on, you can do it. I know we know you can do it. Uh, you're going to be a great player. Uh, cheer up, man, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wow. So that that made me feel great, and I guess that's why I got – I mean, I started doing well right away. Well, okay, so that, that brings up an interesting point, and in, in this is like a psychological kind of thing, but that positivity brings out the, the best in you at the plate. Yes, exactly. Wow. Okay. That's an, that's an interesting thing to consider. You're dominating in Korea. You're like, you're, yes, one, of the, yes. the, you're one of the top players in, in baseball there. In the United States, you're in double AA, A, triple A, and you're trying to work your way up. How do you view like your decision to go there and decide, hey, I, I'm happy doing that uh, rather than trying to continuously climb up the, the big league ladder? Honestly, I didn't want to come here at all. I don't regret at all making this decision uh, coming over here. Um, the team was interested in me, and I kept saying no, no, no. And, well, everything started after a batting practice that I took in Gwinnett. I was with Gwinnett in 2017. After a batting practice, uh scout for my team here, KT, he was an American scout. He came up to me and he was like, hey, how you doing, Mel? I'm a scout for the Korean team, blah, blah. Uh, we really like you. Like, He was just talking to me about Korea and stuff. Uh, Would you like to come play and stuff? I'm like, no, I'm not interested. Like, I don't really want to go because my goal was to play in the big leagues. So he gave me a car, a business card. And I took a picture and sent it to my agent. I was like, "Hey, look, this scout contact me, reach out to me, and he 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 want he wants me to go play in Korea and stuff, but I don't want to go there." My agent was like, "What? Are you crazy? You don't want to go there? You want to miss that opportunity? We're just stuck in AAA because I was stuck in AAA with the Pirates, and then I got I was stuck in AAA with the Braves. And I mean." Obviously, it was frustrating, but I had to understand because Braves have Nick Marquez, Matt Camp, Andre Ciarte, and Acuna was coming up. Yep. So my agent, my I guess my agent started talking to to the team, and they actually got negotiations, like they got a deal and stuff. And I still say no, I'm not going there. But then they are convincing me, and I came here, and I don't regret it at all. One or two more things for you. Who's the best player in the KBO besides you? Besides, I don't even think I'm the best player. 
Who's the best but player? A very fun player to watch hit. It's my teammate, Hanbei Cole. He's ridiculous. His swing is just wow. <laughs> uh, but let me see. Not some bomb for NC Dino. He's he's a pretty good player. He's a player. He's fun to watch. Let me see if I can think. Should I like? Should I say like Korean players or foreigners? Either one. Um, I mean, I mean, most people know Dan Straley and Despania and Danyon, those guys. But yeah. Yeah, give give us a name or two of of a Korean uh, native. Uh, that that's good. I will say those two are like very fun to watch, especially Hidden, Nasumbom and Kambe Ko. Who, who's so, the best defensive player? Infield or outfield? Either one. Oh, also this guy, Kim Ha Song. He's a shortstop for Kyum Heroes. He's pretty fun to watch play, and he might. I feel like he might play in the big leagues next year. I think he's gonna try. A, Playing the big leagues, so that's another name to keep in mind. Also, they have another player named Lee Chon Hu. He's he's a pretty good hitter, hitter too. Wow, he's he he. It's like oh, there's not a uh, play uh, position player. I mean, there's not a fielder that let me hit it that way. Oh, oh, everybody's there's 20 fielders today. Well, let me hit a home run. Like it's just ridiculous. He can <laughs> hit. There's nice. a lot of guys that can hit here. Are are there any catchers that steal strikes where you get where you where you're like oh shoot? Uh yeah, John E G. He's the best. I feel like he's the best catcher and he can hit too. He's a really good hitter. Yep. But last night there was a catcher. Uh, he's a young kid for Hanwha Eagles. I don't know his name because he's a rookie. He was stealing so many strikes last night. I was I was getting frustrated. Yeah. I mean, not just because of me, but also like my teammates and stuff. So you, so you, they, so that holds true, United States. But there's not Korea. a lot of catchers like that, though. No, uh, okay. he's, he's one of the best I've seen so far. Nice. Okay. All right. Let's end with this. Um, if you were going to advise someone who was going to come over to Korea to play baseball, what advice would you give them to uh, to start off to try and get them the most uh, successful that they could be? Just try to be open about everything. Like, don't tr- don't come here thinking it's the states. Like, don't come here thinking it's baseball like in America, because that's when you're gonna like struggle with everything. Like, you gotta be open to learn new things, uh, learn new col- uh, culture. You gotta know that baseball here is different. I don't mean it's different by saying like I don't think I don't mean it's worse or it's much better than the states. Well, right now, I like it. it's better than the states because we're playing. But it's just different. How I said, it, you just gotta come with an open mind here. Don't be like, oh, in the states they don't treat me like this, or oh, in the states we don't do this, or in the states no. I mean, they're paying you for for to have you here. Like, just just be open to learn. See if you like it, great. If not, then I'm sure they can find another player. All right, uh, Mel Rojas Jr., we thank you for taking the time to join us. Keep hitting the ball hard. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you for, for everything you do for, for, for the league, not just for me, but for the league. Like, it's pretty cool watching those stats. Yep, we'll have lots of them over the, rest of the course of the rest of the season. Even when the majors return, we'll, we'll keep our eyes on the KBO, too. Thank you.
And this wraps up this episode of the Sports Info Solutions Baseball Podcast. Thanks to Mel Rojas Jr. and our producer, Justin Stein. Please rate and review the podcast if you get a chance. I'm Mark Simon. Thanks for listening. Sports Info Solutions is excited to announce its Football Analytics Challenge. Contestants will use Sports Info Solutions data to determine which defensive line position is the most valuable and how does the value change based on factors like in-game situation. Registration is now open and submissions are due for preliminary judging by Sunday, July 19th. Three finalists will be chosen to present their work live to a panel of judges including Matt Manicharian, Aaron Schatz, and John Park from the Indianapolis Colts front office. In addition to some great exposure within the industry, winner will receive a free one-year subscription to the SIS Data Hub Pro. And the best part, all proceeds from the event will go to the United Negro College Fund. A minimum $1 donation is required for entry, but we encourage any of our listeners to donate to this worthy cause. For more information and to register today, check out the pinned tweet on the Sports Info Solutions Twitter account. That's at sportsinfo underscore SIS. Thank you for tuning in to the SIS Baseball Podcast. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. If you have any questions, email the show at mark at sportsinfosolutions.com or tweet us at sportsinfo underscore SIS.